Hello everyone, welcome back to Let's Take a Moment. I'm recording this on a lovely sunset. Um, it's not quite getting dark yet, it's 10 to 9 on a Sunday evening, so preparing to get back to work. I've had quite a productive weekend, if I'm honest. I've been to Morrison's, other supermarkets are available, and I have bought everything that I need um, for my healthy meals. Uh, normally my mum comes up to, uh, she's watching a TV programme at the minute, um, so she brings the dog up and I work upstairs. It's nice to have a little bit of company during the day, uh, but she's visit my sister. So this week I'll be by myself at home, which is absolutely fine. Uh, give me the chance to do what I do when she's not here, which is to drive out to a, a secluded spot um, and just have a chill out. And it's a complete and utter relax. Um, and I, what I'm going to do is take my healthy lunch, uh, which is my new uh, regime. I'm into day 12, everyone. I'm sticking to it and I feel great. Um, I'm not under any illusions that I have a very long way to go. Um, but what I do want to say is um, when you're dieting, and this may help you because everybody has a, a weight number target, right? Now, what people, in my experience, if it's low enough, like say, for example, from where I started from, let's say I... I want to lose about eight stone, <laughs> so it's a lot of weight. But if I get anywhere near that vicinity, I'm not sort of married to one number. And I'm not thinking that when I get to a target, I'm there because that's when you you stop. And that's one of the problems I've got with knowing my weight because I just know I'm far too heavy. And I'm like in the sort of very, very big category. So, you know, I wouldn't say that for people who are small and are looking to lose like a stone right obviously you won't be able to see the difference so you need to you need to be able to track it but when you're my size and you want to lose a significant amount of weight you don't need to worry too much about the numbers in the interim so i appreciate i'm speaking to myself here in terms of what works for me but for me you don't worry too much about the number if you don't if you can see the difference so i put that asterisk on there and i guess it's a pretty big one because most people aren't as big as me and therefore aren't looking to lose as much weight as i am so it's it's easier in, in the first instance where the task for me to start with is really just to not make the big mistakes that have got me here. Um, so I appreciate that. But, you know, I, I'm not looking at it in terms of a number because I don't want to get to the point where I think I'm there and therefore start making making mistakes again and eating too much. So for me, it's a sort of permanent change I'm looking for. And I'm hoping that at least for the first half of what I, progress I need to make, it'll almost take care of itself and I don't need to worry about it too much. So I just need to make sure that I'm doing the right things. And all I'm doing, guys, is just, and it's a great metaphor, you could transpose this across lots of areas of life, is I'm just focused on the next meal. I'm just focused on the next four-hour break between food and looking forward to my next meal and, you know, doing everything that I need to do right. There's an additional dimension for me in this respect because I have to calculate my sugar diabetes uh, insulin levels and I have to keep readings but I find that actually that actually helps me so um, I'm not too worried about that but um, yeah so it's been an interesting an interesting process but after the break uh, with that little interlude out the way what I want to talk to you about today um, and give you a little bit of context about is the need to and how do we take complete breaks and what that looks and feels like because 
and how I kind of have that in my mind, you know, where my mind can go to. And I'm going to be honest about what my sort of mind gets occupied by and it may well be that you can resonate with that and how do you sort of help it out. So let's take a short break, maybe again, as I always do, set you a little bit of homework to pause the podcast for a moment and maybe write down how do you take a break? What things do your mind, does your mind get occupied by? What do you linger on? And maybe a few thoughts as to why that is. And um, we'll come back after the short break and we'll get into it in a bit more detail. So I'll see you in a moment. My first question to you as we come back from that short break is to ask you, how often do you truly step away from your default train of thought? And what is that default train of thought? You know, for me, I get... I'm going to say fixated, but I suppose it is that my brain will latch onto things and an awful lot of effort goes into the obvious things, for example, is is work. So you, you're forced to, by virtue of the fact that you want to do a good job in whatever your professional life is, you focus a lot of your mental capacity on doing a good job, whether that be uh, working out the best way to do whatever tasks you have to do. For me, it's, you know, the actual servicing of accounts, speaking to clients, making sure that records are kept accurately so I can vouch for what I'm doing so that when I'm inevitably questioned by senior management as to progress, there's a there's proof, you know, that you have to always cover your back in the event where something transpires unforeseen and you have to be able to defend your actions. It's a sad fact of of life that you do often have to prove that you did right in a situation. Not because people, you know, necessarily, and it can always feel like it's this, and I don't want to segue into this, but it can feel like they're trying to catch you out, but really they just want to know where things are, how do we get here, and that's an important part of it. So you have to spend a lot of time um, to protect your interests and also to do a great job of that, I'm sure you all try and do every day, to focus a lot of your efforts onto work and how you're doing your work. Now, what also comes into my mind as well is often my feeling around if you like in a in a mental type of way in terms of other things that I'm interested in so something that's took a lot of my mental capacity up recently is forex trading now I've always liked the idea of it um now whether that's me being slightly enticed although I'm definitely more aware of the reality of it than a lot of people I don't get taken in by the the Instagram culture around Forex trading and how it's an easy way to make a living, da da da. And I definitely know enough about it to know that it isn't that. Um, but it's always appealed to me in terms of you can scale it up. It's I like the the price action trading. I'm a, I'm a patterns person. Um, I've mentioned before how I was probably, you know, closer to the autistic spectrum than a lot of kids when I when I was younger. I, I played a lot of pool. That's a very pattern based game. Um, you know, so that type of thing does appeal to me. I like order. I like you know. Order in chaos is something that I think I like a lot. Um, so the the things appeal to me, and obviously the the independent nature of the work. It's if you ever get frustrated about you know bosses and control and you know having you know wanting to be your own boss, I look for ways where I can do that independently. So for example, you know, I've told you about the Udemy course that I'm looking to put together. Obviously, if that worked out and I started making a lot of money from that, that would be you know potentially a way that I could move off into my own direction now 
I could spend ages talking about why it's not exactly like that. Um, and obviously a lot of my mental capacity just to come back to what we were talking about has been on my diet recently, has been on my new health kick because I've spent a lot of time deliberately trying not to snack, not to do the mistakes that I normally do and, you know, trying to sustain that over enough time that it actually shows by me looking smaller, being smaller and, and obviously, you know, making health progress in terms of all of the different areas of, of health that, that are important that I haven't been doing for a while. Because it's all well and good me preaching to you guys. I have to, you know, I've got to take action like I tell you to take action. So I've got to be accountable to myself. And that's what I'm doing. And to be fair, it may not be, I don't necessarily feel yet that there's a, any progress. It's only been 12 days, but it's starting. And, you know, if I keep going another 12 days and then another 12 days and then another 12 days, then we'll start to see some progress. So I'm, I'm not even thinking about, you know, I don't even want to be on the scales. I don't really want anything to be um, thought about. I'm just thinking about getting down to a certain weight and I'm not going to be happy until I'm down there. And I've got a great mentality. I know the number that I am in terms of kilograms and I know the number that I'm getting to and I've got a long way to go, but I just want to keep going. Um so that's kind of what can be in your brain. And there's always something there, isn't there? There's always a, a thought, maybe a health anxiety or a even like a sport event that's coming up that you're excited about, that you've been looking forward to. You know, we've got the World Cup coming up later this year. All these different things can can get on your on your mind, meeting friends. But one of the the pleasures I get out of doing this podcast is the moments where I head off in the car, and you guys know I talk about this a lot, head off in the car and I just park somewhere. I always lock the doors and I'm always, you know, mindful of what's around me. I don't park in a secluded area too much. You know, I, I move around and I just think about it, basically nothing. I don't let the prevailing, what I call default thoughts, come into my mind at that point. That's why I like to record this podcast because I come up with a topic area and I just focus on that. And that to me, as I'm, as I'm talking specifically to the people who I know listen, who are interested in well-being as well, who, you know, I watch maybe on the internet and I don't get to, for example, take on board the stresses and strains of their lives that they don't talk about. They might talk about something very specific, very niche on YouTube or on, you know, and there's all sorts of other stuff going on, but I only get to hear about a small part. And I quite like that because, you know, I have enough dealing with every part of my life without dealing with other parts of other people's. And I think fundamentally, I've always wanted to simplify life because I've mentioned before, I don't have the both the joys and the drawbacks of other parts of life that other people have, for example, like family, children. So whilst I miss out on certain things, I definitely benefit from from other things. You know, I'm not going to have to worry about that type of thing. You know, anything that's in, in that space is I don't need to do that. So I feel like I almost have the opportunity to have a very, very simple existence. Now, the problem with a simple existence is that it can be very, very quickly be boring. And that's one of the, the, the combats that I have with working from home, for example, is that it's very, very easy, you know, that certainly with the price of petrol and diesel at the moment, which I think is an absolute disgraceful scandal, um, that is like a massive stealth tax on people getting to and from work it can cost hundreds of pounds a month if you have a, a decent sized commute. 
to the point of it being almost as big of a chunk out of your wages as a mortgage will be. And nobody ever really thinks about that in terms of how much money you put in your car for fuel. But I don't have to do that because I work from home. So I literally walk from my room to my other room, stopping off on the bathroom on the way there to, to get washed. Um, so it's kind of, that's a benefit. But obviously the downside of that is is that social contact is very, very limited. And obviously I've got targets and I've got goals. I've been thinking about getting a loft conversion so I can get a pool table up in my loft um, saving up for that, you know, and that's going to take, you know, two years at least, pro- probably longer. Um, but it's just something I've got in my mind that would be nice to to do in the in the not too distant future um, when I can afford to do it. And it would be a nice thing to have, you know, that would, would entertain me and it would be nice to, to do it. But the main goal at the moment is is my fitness. But obviously I like to step away from all of this and just to completely relax. Now, I'm going to ask you is how do you do that? What what gets in the way? You know, life gets in the way. Of course it does. But if you, if you can find a way of, of doing something that completely simplifies your thinking, where you can just check out and do that as often as you can, you know, because how often do people do it? I think if you're living a busy lifestyle where... And I've I know someone who um comes back from work and immediately starts on like an almost never ending work you know, there's Amazon deliveries coming every day because she's doing the house up and there's a bathroom going in and there's just activity, activity, activity. And it's never ending. And and that's gotta be stressful, you know, when there's just so much stuff going on. And we design our life that way. You know, you have the choice to, you know, Whatever commitments you've got, if you know if the worst happened and you weren't around anymore, they would stop, and life would go on for everybody else. So you can make a choice to say, right, I need some time out here. So even if you have, say, responsibilities for five nights a week, you've got to go to a certain club or you've got to go to a certain gathering, you know, it's very possible, and believe me, they'll survive for you to say, look, I need a break. I'm just going to take two weeks a week just to do. Nothing. Just to literally do nothing. Do your washing once a week. Just leave it in a box for the week, you know. Whatever you do, just turn your phone off, tell people, look, I need some time out here. Because if you don't do that, what happens is what's happened to a good friend of mine. You just go pop and you have to have a breakthrough, stress and depression, and it's an absolute nightmare. You know, we need to intervene earlier. We've got to identify the potential pitfalls. You know, if you find yourself just, you know, one of the things I'm having to do at the moment is keep a record of my blood pressure because it was a little bit high. It's actually all right. It was just a test of me when I went to the doctors and I was all on edge because I knew I wasn't doing what I should be doing. I'd actually just started. I'd actually had, I think it was five or six days of really making an effort. And they would never have seen that. You know, they're just going to get the readings as they are and, blah 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 it's going to be a worry for them etc but I'm doing it and and I'd I, what was making me nervous and stressed was that I couldn't really tell them that I was doing it because it wouldn't look like it it would just be like well yeah you're bound to say that aren't you so I was getting myself all wound up and I ended up getting blood pressure taken and it was really high and I'm on tablets anyway so they were a bit worried about that so they said right we've got to take this paper home and I've got to keep seven days worth of readings um so after i do this podcast i've got to go down and do me me second lot um so it then believe it or not the readings are actually okay so there's there's another health benefit if you're taking time out to just relax and breathe deeply and 
not really think about anything, you know, just completely leave behind stuff that makes, you know, we all have loads of different things that we worry about. We worry about, well, three main things, really. We worry about the present and what's going on now. We worry about the short-term future. So there's more than three, actually. We worry about the short-term future, about what's imminently going to happen. So, for example, on Wednesday, I've got my appraisal. So I might be getting myself all wound up about that. What are they going to say? Are they going to promote me? Are they going to raise certain problems? Are they, what are they going to say? How do I respond to it? Am I going to get frustrated because I don't get promoted and somebody else does? Do I feel that's deserved? And again, again, how dare I have a view on that, really? But, you know... How am I going to react to whatever's thrown in my direction? And it's also, it's beyond my control. And that's usually what, when we worry about things, when it's beyond our control. And we then worry about the, the longer term future. And this is why I think I have my little plans, my little business ideas that I, that I try and hopefully something pays off. Because I think to myself, you know, my life's okay now, but ideally I'd like to be out of these things that stress me out. I'd like to have more time to... Um, be what I want to be because I remember years ago um well I'll finish what I say now and then I'll I'll head back in time slightly we worry about the past we worry about the the lingering effects of things that have happened to us before we worry about um and I say I worry less these days about things that happened before but there comes a point in life where you've got more behind you than what there is in front of you and I'm kind of right in the middle um, but I'm reaching that point where, for example, when I went to the school the other day, next month, um, at the end of next month, it's exactly 30 years since I left primary school. That's a long time, you know, and the, the school looks nothing like what it did. I've hardly seen anybody that was in when I was there. But 30 years, it's such a long time. And we all think about how is our life progressing? And you reach a point in your middle age when... You've got to make it happen. You know, you've whatever you're going to be, you know, there's no kind of when I grow up, I want X, Y, and Z anymore. You get it. That's a bit of a luxury to kind of hope. You've then got to think, well, it's delivery time. You know, whatever I, I do, I need to take action now. Or, I need to, you know, there's no there's no 20-year plans for me now because that'll be, you know, near retirement. I'm not going to say retirement, but I've got to start thinking about finances in terms of what do I want to do when I'm a little bit older? You know, when the parents aren't around anymore and I'm not, you know, and I haven't got a big family, what am, you know, no kids, what what am I going to fill my time with? So I'm thinking about stuff like that now. And I didn't think about stuff like that five years ago, maybe two years ago. I didn't think about stuff like that. But now with my nan passed on, that era is changing. You know, it stayed the same for probably a long, maybe 10 years. My life didn't alter that much, but actually... Now it's it's significantly changed and it's heading towards that, you know, my parents noticeably getting older, you know, and all that sort of thing. And me, you know, I look in the mirror and I see a 41-year-old guy looking back at me and my hair's going a bit grey on the sides. And, you know, when it grows to the point where I need a haircut, which is right now, I definitely see that. And I'm quite lucky I didn't lose my hair. I know there's plenty of people that do. Um, it's one of the few genetic gifts that I've actually got, but... The downside of that is you see it going silver and you see it going, you're getting older and, you know, I can't go down the die route, but I haven't so far. Um, but anyway, like I say, there's, it's very, very important to just take that time out completely because it gets your blood pressure down. It's good for your health, but it's also good to just chill out, just just let it go for a second because whilst we, I wish I, I can't put a number on this. Um, but I think we can all maybe try and put a number on it. 
if we really sat and thought about it. If you think about thinking about the past, thinking about the future and thinking about now, what percentage do we think of the other two and not now? I would say probably 90% of the time, at least, maybe 95% of the time. And the now is just what allows us to think about those things. Maybe even more than that, actually, for most people. It might even be like 97 98% of the time because we're always thinking about the next thing. You know, and I'm always conscious of this when, I, when, I, when I'm at work and we're often setting up events at work and we're preparing people for political debates um, and we're sending out briefings and we're doing this, that and the other. I'll tell you something that we never do. We never stop and watch the debates. So I might do loads of prep for a certain event um, and a certain d debate that's coming up in Parliament. I never sit and actually watch it live. I'll get a transcript afterwards. I'll search for keywords with Control F and I'll search through the transcript, the PDF, to see if my client got mentioned or whether anything we sent out got mentioned, who spoke. But it's all very much reactive. So I'm preparing and then I never see it. I'll be on to the next thing and the next thing. And I find that a little bit sad in a way because I'd like to do all the prep work and then take half an hour to just sit and watch it live and think, oh, I was involved with that in a small way, behind the scenes, obviously. Um, but it doesn't happen. And I'd, I'd, I would hazard a guess that everybody in my, my work does the same thing. You know, they're all busy with the next stuff and they're all very busy and lots of things to do. We're chasing new business. We're, we're dealing with accounts. We're allocating work. We're chasing work. We're checking that we're covering our backsides and not making any huge mistakes if we can possibly avoid it, which I can't always. But um, it's it's interesting how the now is very much at the back and really the now is all we have. You know, what's the point of planning really for 20 years down the line? You don't know where you've got 20 minutes. There's got to be a balance surely between preparations and living in the now and I think as, as we get older we're forced to live in the now more because there's less now left um, maybe I'm in a bit of a luxury moment where until I'm 65 maybe there's a realistic chance you've got another 20 years but after that you're thinking well you know how long's left sort of thing and I remember my nan being very pragmatic about it where she said since you hit 70 she sort of as a, as a religious woman she, you know you get your three score years and ten according to the bible so she was like you know Ever since I got to 70, I felt like I was um, not on borrowed time, but I was being given extra time than what, what really the Bible says I should have. So she just felt that was a bonus and lived it, lived very much in the present for the rest of her life, which was actually nearly another 15 years. Um, so, yeah, definitely had a wonderful outlook in her, in her final years on, on life and, and didn't, you know, apart from getting things set up for when the time came, she, she was very, very pragmatic and very keen to just live a life that she was happy with as best that she could within the health limits that she had. And I think that's a great, you know, great legacy. Um, and it's what I want to do as well. You know, I look at life now and I think, you know, most of it I'm happy with, you know, most of it I'm okay. Um, but, you know, just to stick to task on what we're talking about today, having that time where you can just go and sit in a car somewhere, don't be don't be scared to do it. Just go and sit in a car, take your favourite drink, if provided it's non-alcoholic non if you're driving, um, but for me, just I take a Diet Coke and I'll just sit there and I will just open the like, open the car window. Obviously, you can't do that when it's freezing cold, but certainly this time of year you can. And I just park near, you know, near trees 
and you get those lovely sounds of, of the countryside and nature and it's just really relaxing to me and it's just something I get a real kick out of. You get that nice sort of green smell um, that takes me back to when I was a kid and we used to sit on the grass and talk to our friends for hours on end and it's amazing that it brings back the memories, uh, you know, like that. But I just, I don't dwell on the memories, I just dwell on the present and I just think this is nice. I might have a think, you know, what do I need to do? But I'm trying to just leave it for a few minutes just to chill. And to be honest, guys, I would love to be in a position where I could do that every day. One of my dreams has been to have a job that was not hugely taxing in terms of, like, time requirement. I would love to just be able to, um, small hiccup there, I would love to be able to just relax and just know that the money just comes in, like, not have a huge burden on time. But this is like, it's, maybe it's a fallacy. Maybe the, the true freedom. It's what I keep trying to tell my mum and dad as well, is like, they're retired now, so they do have that amazing opportunity to just live in the moment, you know. And it's hard because obviously my mum's grieving for my nan and probably always will be now. Um, but just that that live in the moment. Don't have to worry about work. I mean, maybe I've just got a weird outlook with on work. Maybe I, I get too stressed about the uncertainties. I like things to be... Maybe that's a, a mental problem that I have, that that kind of unknown scenarios of who's going to have a pop next, which I think can happen. And it's happened to me a lot of my life because I have worked for some some strange companies and those moments when you get accused of something or, or something happens that you make a mistake and you don't know what they're going to do and someone makes a complaint that's unwarranted and you know, particularly when you've been involved in politics, there's definitely some scar tissue there because... You just never know where the next unreasonable attack's coming from. And I've had situations with politics that are, quote-unquote, on my side that are just equally as nasty as the other people on the other side. Um, and I just i am glad to be out of it. But the problem is when you're out of it, things get a lot more boring. So there's always that contradiction um, that makes for life being so interesting that I have a tendency to go from a packed diary to an empty diary. And whilst I've got a relatively empty one at the moment except for um, my professional requirements. It's quite interesting how I'll fill that up at some point and then think, God, I'm doing too much. And it's it's a constant sort of helter-skelter, if you like. It's like a roller coaster. Too much, not enough. Too much, not enough. Um, but it's interesting how, you know, for a while I was looking at maybe getting involved in chess and I tried to meet up with a friend. He just didn't want to do it. And I think, you know... You just gradually learn. Life's always forming around you. Like you can't, for example, I was loving to spend time with, with Neil, and unfortunately, circumstances for him at the moment are that, he's he's not around now, and he lives a good way away from me now. He was living, not too far away, but I still didn't see him a lot, and it would have been nice just to hang out with him. But for whatever reason, whether it's through choice or just him, keeping himself to himself, we're not able to meet up. And, you know, I appreciate that maybe I'm a bit weird and just like to sit and talk about nothing and people find that boring. Um, but you just, you have to have that kind of perspective where you've got to make sure that you, you're working on your own life. And I think that's an interesting point with which to end. And I apologise if that was a, a little bit of a ramble, um, but it, it it's based around thinking about life and thinking about the importance of, of just taking a moment to chill because there is a real need for that. 
because otherwise you're just on the go all the time and you won't be feeling good on it. I guarantee it. So that's the end of the podcast for today and I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got something out of it and by all means subscribe and make sure that you uh, pass this on to anyone you think might enjoy it. Just the odd ramble here and there, just a bit of a moment just to kick back. I always imagine people listening to this who maybe sitting with their earpods in, having a having a bite to eat in a cafe or something, just enjoying a chill. Um, one of my contemplative moments is often when I go to... Um, King's Cross Station in, in London when I'm coming back from a work trip and that I'll probably be going on a couple of weeks down to London um, and I'm often, you know, waiting for a train. So I get back and I'm waiting for the train to board and it's always a moment where you just sit there and there's loads of people around. It's always interesting to see everyone doing something and, and the reason why I find trains fascinating in terms of being an avid people watcher and I could do a full podcast on this and probably will at some point is that for those minutes hours you know i go from the king's cross to durham so it's uh, just under three hours normally just over depending on which stations they stop at on the way up people are just sat there and they're just forced to stop for a few seconds but people have their laptops out they're busy they're online they're using their phone as hotspots for the internet they're all full of busy and it never stops guys and i always use a train as a chance to just listen to a podcast and just have a break and i always like i always wonder you know what if I want to go up to people and go, hi there, my name is Malcolm, just tell me about your life. I would just love to do that. Um, but people would find it weird. <laughs> so I don't. Um, but yes, guys, thank you very much for listening in. Have a fantastic week. I will be back very soon, as soon as I can think of a, a podcast with which to record. And I'll see you guys on the next Let's Take a Moment podcast. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.